Well, our heroes have driven Scarlet and her minions away, and they are now in discussion with the chess plane crypt things and trying to see what will happen next now that they are locked in the the crypt of the the Sun Lord. Um, I think we'll come to sort of a wrap up here or something. They have to figure out what what has happened now that they've driven Scarlet away and that they they have the Shard of the Sun and the magical blade of the Sun Lord. But we'll we'll also start up with some um, leveling up so we'll get some metagaming at the the beginning of this episode here. Um, 42 um, of season two of um, House rules or um house rules so yeah we got some got some good things for you this evening um enjoy this episode episode 42 of ragged coast the shard of the sun all right so we are getting started on another episode of ragged coast we are somewhere in the crypt of the sun lord and we have player and character introductions we have a recap we have um leveling up to do so a little bit of of housekeeping here at the beginning. Um, I'm Carl, I'm DMing, so playing all the nasty evil villains like Scarlet Antwerp and Snarl and all of those, plus the um, the kind, lovable NPC, Mouse Field Mouse, and I have a dilemma. I can't figure out if she's gonna level up as a wizard or a druid, so you all have to help me make that decision. But um, Andy, you want to start us off on player character introductions? Thank you very much. My name is Andy, and I will be playing Fence the Monk. Fence is a now 10th level Hand of Mercy monk who wields uh, a plus one spear and is happy to have uh, survived to another day. And I'll hand it over to DJ. I am DJ and I am playing Crenshaw Jones, who is uh, soon to be a sorcerer level eight, warlock level two as their sorcerer, sorceress power continues to grow for now. And I will pass it over to Kevin. Hi, my name is Kevin. I'll be playing Theraball Fantastical, a now level 10 uh, arcane trickster who has survived uh, another session at one HP. Uh, uh, I'm eager to uh, find a new familiar or burrowing owl, I guess, since I guess Aspen is okay. But we'll, 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 we'll figure that out um, as we level up. Eager to getting cleaned and getting out of this dungeon. I don't know if we have treasure, but let's, we'll figure all this out after a good night's sleep. Um, and let me throw it over to Janae. Hello, I'm Janae. I play Clarence Steel Cloven, um, a level five fighter and now a level five druid, 50-50 split. 
um, with this level up experience. Um, largely because she didn't really get to fight Scarlet Antwerp, her nemesis, and that is pretty unsatisfying. So there is still this is revenge plots getting pretty drawn out, gotta say. But I guess it's, since it's like a lifelong thing, they take a while to work out. There's gonna be a lot of therapy to happen. There's stuff to do. So at least she's got a really powerful sword now that she can uh, wield uh, against foes. Yes. It's true. And some pretty cool new spells now that she's also leveled up as a druid. So a little more to work with there too. I think that's it. All right, that is everybody. Um, so Andy, recap for us. Here comes a recap of episode 41. Happy birthday, my back hurts. Invisible Theraval and Aspen Kutcher slip away from Scarlet, Snarl, and Zeke the Small. Fence convinces Claren and Mouse, Field Mouse, that healing up is a smarter course of action rather than racing after their enemies in their injured state. Fence presents the great sword, the Blade of the Sun Lord, to Claren. Crenshaw joins Fence, Claren, and Mouse. He reports that the radiant sliver of the sun has been contained within one of the puffy padded suits in the hall. Crenshaw does not share that he is now pretty certain that all of the items that had been in his bag of holding are destroyed, including his extensive collection of memory journals. Theraval and Aspen follow Scarlet and her henchmen towards the exit of the temple. He overhears Scarlet's plan Locking my cousin in the crypt of the Sun Lord with a shard that emits burning radiant energy. That's a pretty successful day. Crenshaw, Fence, Claren, and Mouse are in pursuit. Theraval stops and talks with the chess player Crypt Things. Crenshaw, Fence, Claren, and Mouse almost catch up with Scarlet, but the enemy has gone. Theraval, who has rejoined the party, notes that only three sets of footprints exist. That means Vogel is still in the temple. The party returns to the sanctuary room to rest. It's about 9 a.m. and they have only slept for three hours in the last 48. They're going to rest and figure out what's happened. They're also going to level up to 10th level. All right, so congratulations. 10th level reached even without slaying Scarlet Antwerp, so some success or at least some activity there. And I guess let's do, um, I mean, my thought is let's do game mechanics, let's level up, um, go through, I dropped the, the Google sheet, sort of the table of everybody. We can make sure I've got your levels right and roll hit points. And if there are any cool new you know, abilities, stats, things that you want to highlight for the party, then um, we can do that. And then we should probably um, talk a little bit. I'm assuming you're taking a, a long rest, but you all have surprised me before. So um, I'm, a, I'm sort of tying the the leveling up with at least a night's sleep because I think it's probably at about 6 a.m. and I think you've been up for almost 48 hours at this point. So 
you know, if you're not long resting, we're starting to add levels of exhaustion, not from radiation, but just from friggin' staying up for ever and ever. Um, so should we level up? I agree if this has been proposed by someone in the party that uh, a long rest is called for. Before we do that, when we come into the, the altar room, yes. we have two two things to do. Okay. Uh, we need to yeah. lock the door and Theraval knows how to do that. Thank goodness. Because he did it already. Um, which Crenshaw is. You, that, that's assuming that Theraval knows what he's doing. Anyway, he does it. Sometimes it's just dumb luck. He's no, got a Renshaw higher says, intelligence score than uh, wisdom score. So he should at least be able to remember how to lock the door. Yeah, so oh. I think last time he you did it with a natural one. Was <laughs> I did. I'm proud of that natural one and live to tell the tale. But so, I, I've debated leveling up those, those abil abilities like wisdom and things, but I think we might skip that. Why? Another, um, another wise choice or unwise. Shaw, one of the first things that they say is that locking the door and trapping yourself with Scarlet to keep us safe was just the bravest thing. <laughs> it was really. Uh, we are really surprised and uh, I just want to acknowledge the bravery in that. Mouse field uh, mouse. means flies over Theraval's head. Yeah, <laughs> mouse field mouse scoots closer to Theraval and hugs him when Crenshaw, when, when Crenshaw is praising him. Well, because Crenshaw doesn't know that he rolled a one. <laughs> he just knows to be, like, we just know he did it. So I'm going to go with Braid. Um, <clears throat> the second thing, besides locking the door, is checking to make sure that the shard of the sun is still in the sleeve. Uh, I'm, I, 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 I'm glad to do the first, but that's... Yeah, no, I got the second one. Oh, I'm a little hurt, you know? <laughs> I guess I have a few full points of HP. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Let's check. <laughs> it's not HP, it's exhaustion levels. I think I'm actually worse off than anybody else for exhaustion levels. Mm -hmm. um, but checking the shard of the sun is gonna be really quick. I'm not even, we're not even gonna look. We're just gonna feel that it's still there. Yeah, perfect. Go over yeah. to the padded suit down that that hallway, and um, yeah, the bulk of the the shard is still in the the arm or the leg of the suit, wherever you let it let it drop to. Great. And there there are no doors out of here. Um, only the one you came in. It's the only one you Great. see. Great. Then it's fine for now. Okay, so. Let's level up and roll hit points and everyone will sleep. You will sleep the day away. I'm assuming I I will ask you for an order of the, the watch and I will do some rolling to see if you encounter anything comes wandering your way. 
but let's level up here. So I've got um, Theraval first, and obviously leveling up in Rogue, Kevin. Yes, we're gonna and, we're leaning hard. Yeah, real hard choice there. And uh, roll hit points for us. All right, we're doing this. I think last time it was dire. Oh well, that's a four, and with my amazing plus zero constitution we have plus four hit points all right well so it gives you a total of 53 yes okay not too bad um and Janae, go ahead yeah kevin they're all acquired yes i i think i also get uh an ability score increase at level 10. Nice. So uh, instead of getting uh, plus one intelligence and plus one wisdom, we are going to go for uh, mobility as well. Uh, to, uh, and liter quite literally and metaphorically following Fence's footsteps. So which, which feed is that? Or uh, the mobile feet. Mobile feet. All right. Because that could have saved my ass that last fight. <laughs> I could have just run away. <laughs> it might have been that you learned the feet while surviving uh, those encounters. And now, struck by wisdom, struck by new powers after you woke up. It's the presence of the blessing of the sun god, no doubt. Yeah, there's something going on here between Theraval and Ra. I, I always thought Theraval was purely a Loki follower, but there's this weird little, you know, little beams of light that occasionally emerge from him. Beams yeah, what's the deal with that? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's going on with Theraval. So he, he's becoming a complex, multi-layered character despite trying to be purely one-dimensional. <laughs> Um, nice. Okay. So leveled up mobility feet, um, acquired. And yeah, I love the, love the gaining of it actually through all the friggin' running around while invisible. That seems very appropriate. Um, Janae, so Claren leveled up, um, as a druid, you said, did you, yeah, and you did not roll hit points yet. So let's no. get some. So Hit dice isn't druid, I guess, since I leveled up that way. So I'll roll a d8 um, rather than a d10. Um, that's a four plus constitution. Uh, so that's eight hit points. There eight, you go. Uh, 85 and eight brings you to 93. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, good. Um, and then any attributes, things that you want to underscore that you get as a fifth level druid? Uh, the big thing is just that I get um, two third level spells. So um, that's pretty exciting. So I'm gonna level up my magic game a little bit here. Um, those are, I think the main thing, I don't get any other uh, upgrades, I think this time around, that's, but that's a pretty big one to get some new spells. Yeah, adding third level spells tend to be 
a big a big jump. I think Mouse is probably going to join you as a fifth level druid rather than leveling up to being a sixth level wizard. But um, we'll see. We can talk through that when we get down down to her leveling up. Nice. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, Andy, uh, you want to roll fences hit points and tell us what new things he's acquiring. Oh no. So that's a five plus two is seven more hit points. All right. That brings you to 80. That's exciting. And um, let me just change that on DD Beyond. Yeah. Um, and then any, what's your your key point base? Is that does that go up as well? That goes up as well. So I'm at 10 key points. And um, my latest skill is that uh, Fence is now immune to uh, disease and poison. Sweet. So yeah. when we run into poisonous creatures, I say we just like throw me in front of them. I will dodge up a storm and the rest of you pelt it with projectiles and spells. Sweet. Jumping into the pit of vipers. Right. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah, I love also, it. Also, uh, Fence's walking speed has gone up another five feet, so he casually walks at a 55 feet now. True. Wow. A brisk speed. You're sort of like um, sprinting as a long-distance runner. Absolutely. It's like bringing the flash along, only without so much lightning. Well, you have lightning too. From the uh, except you have, yeah, in his except spirit, he does. You do have lightning, so yeah. So there you go. So it's entirely like bringing flash along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, DJ, what's what's Crenshaw leveling up? Saucer warlock. Crenshaw's leveling up as a sorcerer. Yeah. Taking him to Sorcerer 8. I can't count. There we go. He, we, uh, we take the Warcaster feat because we have continually been casting in combat and want to not lose concentration. Yeah. Uh, we gain some invisibility. Some uh, retrain a couple things, swap out a that lets me swap out a um, meta magic and a spell, which I do. I'm gonna get rid of some spells that are a spell that showed up. Okay, so that's happening, and let's roll some hit dice. So that's going to be a D6 plus two. And that'll be, I rolled a one. So that'll be a three. All right, 67 max. Still not too shabby. Not for a caster. Yeah. All right. So that brings us to Mouse Field Mouse. And my thought is leveling her up to fifth level Druid, fifth level wizard um but in some ways she you know i mean like the metagaming around her she is sort of 
a support care, you know, part of the party. So if you all want to make an argument like six level wizard would be a better choice for you all, I'm open to that, but it feels right that she would level up as a, as a druid here. She should do as she pleases. Um, I would say that we, we've got druid function pretty well covered and uh, nothing's more powerful than a high powered wizard, but uh yeah, Mousefield Mouse um, is the name of a druidish character. So I'm of two minds, but um, uh, I would love for there to be some more uh, firepower in the party. Yeah, well, going up to six level wizard, she does really spell wise, she only gets one more third level spell slot. Going up to a fifth level druid, she acquires two fifth level druid spell slots. Um, I think we actually probably get more bang for our buck spell wise if she goes up druid. But you're right, ultimately, I mean, and I'm also trying to think about it just in terms of the activities that you all have done. And it feels like more recently, there's been she's been doing more druidy stuff than wizard stuff um that's true such as all of her time as a boulette for example yeah i'm I, in fact that convinces me let's go let's go um druid here for her for fifth level and that will be a d8 which i rolled a whopping four and let me check her constitution. It is a 12 plus one. So that is five more hit points. So she is up to just 52, not a ton. And then I have to do a couple of little change here. And then I guess the question, oh, does Aspen has a max of 58 already? Um, I'm starting thick, to think <laughs> thick skin. Yeah. Thick skin. Yeah, I'm sort of thinking we're gonna leave Aspen, not, not level him up, uh, roll another hit dice for him. What about all of his pain and suffering at having lost Drake? Doesn't that mean he gets something? Well, that is true. He doesn't. It does seem like we ought to give something to the to the twig light. He's had a lot of growth over the He's had a lot of growth. You know what? I think I'm going to, I think. Maybe we give a, a twig bot light a spell of some sort, you know? Um, I'm not sure what sort of spell would be appropriate for a twig light, but I'm thinking something besides just hit light. Do what? Fly. <laughs> oh, what level spell is fly? I mean, he's not going to. Fly is the third level spell. Uh, that's, that's sort of a high level spell for a twig blight to suddenly acquire. I like that idea though a bit. Other suggestions for for spells? Feels like it probably should be a druidy spell, but not necessarily. 
Hmm. Plant growth is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Plant growth is what puppy is? Plant growth is a third level druid spell. I like plant growth better than fly. I mean, I think so. Part of the reason I'm resistant to fly, well, I really I love the idea, like he's lost um, Drake and now he's got the ability to fly. Um, I sort of want you to have to quest around and find a new mount for for him, but plant growth feels like a hundred percent a um, twig blighty thing. So I'm going to go over here to what is it? Major class features column where we just have his attack, and I'm going to write plant growth. Ooh. Is one spell, and then we'll give him a. Um, a third level spell slot. Oh, that sounds fun. That's adorable. Yeah, I like it. And Ram Ram, Indy, and Penelope, you know, they're not in the dungeon. They're not getting anything. They're still waiting for you outside. Okay. All right, sweet. Um, so I think that has taken care of everything. I'm going to do a couple of rolls. I actually only need you to do three watches um this evening this day that you're in here um do you want to tell me if you're taking them in sets of two um who's on the first second and third watch i'm happy to take the first watch because i wasn't that injured okay i'm, I'm happy to go along with that because i was injured I can stay up with you. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna stay up when Mouse is staying up. Oh. Oh. We'll see how much watching goes on. Uh, what is watched? Um, <laughs> Fence only needs uh, four hours for a full night's sleep, though he's really tired. All right, let's do Claren and Aspen Kutcher first watch, um, second watch, Theraval and Mouse, Field Mouse, and third watch can be Fence and Crenshaw. We're leaning into the shenanigans. I'm concerned with Mouse and Theraval together, but okay. All right, Claren, is Claren gonna chaperone? She's gotta sleep at some point. Um, <laughs> As an elf, I don't. <laughs> all right well shenanigans are no shenanigans there are no monster shenanigans I, I will you all can figure out what happens with mouse field mouse and theraval and um you know this is it's only an e-rated podcast so um yeah so a good sleep was had by all and Everyone has healed up to max hit points. I think we need to figure out like what the hell has gone on here. Like I'm, you've been down in, you know, sort of below the crypt of the Sun Lord in the, the temple of the sun here. You've acquired a sword, you have a, mystical shard of the sun stuck away in a puffy um, plant-based um, suit. I, I, I mean, I think some of this is sort of 
both players and characters figuring out like what the hell has happened over well for the characters the last 24 48 hours for the players the last six months or so that we've been down here but yeah like what questions do you have how do we try to like resolve this and resolve what's next for for the party yeah andy one thing that fence would like to figure out is um the qualities of the two swords and the two potions that he took from the drow elf who we found in the storeroom uh, a few days ago he's curious to know if they um if the swords have any magical qualities and what's up with these potions and uh and it should also be said that um uh fence uh has a herbalism kit and uh and so this might give him uh an advantage in figuring out uh what kind of potions these are but he's also got friends who probably know even more than he does about such arcane matters in the room So I think we'll talk about all that, all those that stuff over breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so identifying things is number one. Um, <clears throat> Crenshaw, that's when Crenshaw talks about what happened with the sunstone. And because Crenshaw just collapsed the night before, he had three levels of exhaustion. He's out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this is this is definitely a breakfast conversation mm -hmm. let's do um andy remind me how many um potions that you got from um vogel the elf there there were two potions and two short swords and um like whatever he had on his belt and his his uh his sack but those are the uh the four things that i remember most distinctly yeah, awesome. Um, so, and do you want to give me a investigation or arcana check? Like what, I, I guess the question is for you and the party as you're trying to figure out those potions, is it like a swirling? Is it a sipping? What's, what's going on with investigating the potions? I think the first thing that Fence would do was would be to check the colors and to see if anything could be determined from the the colors of the potion if that can be gleaned, um, and then uh, if uh, if there's like a, a medicine check or a perception check to be done, Fence feels very confident in those and would be glad to roll those. But with regard to uh, investigation. Uh, I, I would uh, pass that over to his, he would pass that over to his more intelligent friends. He would say, hey, Crenshaw, what do you think this is? All right, let's do the first and potion here. Go ahead. He'd be glad to help to advise Crenshaw on uh, what he thinks is going on, if, uh, if that help would offer him some advantage. Um, and Crenshaw can just detect magic on them. 
Yeah. Um, so the swords are both magical. They are plus two. Wow. So plus two short swords. And in looking at the potions, I'm trying to think. I don't think this is something that you all would necessarily have experience with before. Let me see if I can get sort of a description of, of this first potion here. Yes, are you alphabetized the way that the alphabet normally works? No, oh, I get, I see why it's not. Um, looking quickly, uh, transparent liquid, um, floating in it is a sort of a sliver. Um, Give me a perception check, Andy. I gotta tell you what the sliver is. It's not a sliver of the sun by any means. Let's hope not. Um, I rolled a natural 20. I always roll the natural 20s at the least combat-y times of day. So I got a 29 on that perception check. Yeah, it's, it's a finger nail sorry not a whole finger oh. <laughs> I the second part there it is a fingernail and it looks like like almost a like well not almost it looks like a fingernail shaped piece of ice that is floating in this transparent liquid and not a fingernail like my size of fingernail but about double or triple or quadruple um the size of my um, oh, that's nice. Thank you, Zoom. I was right. showing. Uh, I was showing my thumbs thumb. Up. I'm now. I am definitely giving a thumbs up. <laughs> so, with an Arcana check of a twenty-one, and all that information, can we put together something? A good guess as to what it might be. Um. Tell me what you're thinking. I mean, with with that bit of information, I'm I'm happy to lead you towards it, but I don't want to just go. Twenty one Arcana, the potion is a bleh. It's a so it's a, and it seems like a potion of. Is it? It's an icy fingernail. It is an icy fingernail, in a, a large icy fingernail. So it could be a protection from cold is one thought mm -hmm. that I have. Yep. But be cold is good. Cold is heading in the right direction. I'm trying to help you get to the 21. Um, fingernail could be the shape of like a moon, like a crescent moon. So maybe there's something in this nighttime. It, or shape changing because of the the crescent moon but that moves us away from the the ice. Yeah. So yeah, I was ice, thinking, yeah, ice. Go yes, ahead. moon. Moon. Not so much. As, as you swirl it around and look at it, 
you're sitting there, um, but the cold is right. You're thinking, dog, like whose fingernail was this? Like I said, thumb. I mean, like, hand, like a thumb the size of a of a hand or something. Um, Wait, maybe, a thumb the size uh, of a hand? Like giant yeah. something. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I heard the right word. Theraval, once <laughs> again, the wisdom is coming through. <laughs> it's like a giant oh. or something, right? But I don't know what that. What like giants a frost? Are, are we saying like a um, an icy giant, such as a frost giant? I yeah, think I know what this people is. People say frost giant. So then, I was thinking what, what do you think? Something. So um, giants are known for their strength. I know that much. Yeah. So potion of giant strength, frost giant strength. Wow, that's significant. Glad you wow. didn't drink that before wailing on us. So that's for mm -hmm. you, Fence or Claren. Probably Claren. Yeah. And, uh, Pretty sweet spell. Or sweet potion. Yeah. <laughs> but you're not in combat as much. <laughs> One thing that would be fun, Fence says, Fence says it'd be fun someday to um, have me drink that and then uh, pick up a couple foes and then uh, sprint up the side of a wall, 55 <laughs> or 110 feet, and then just drop them. And then, uh, you know, drop myself with, with no damage, but drop them with huge damage. I mean, that's a pretty convincing case for you to take it. You didn't have to drop, you could do like a, a dive, hold exactly. it up. Exactly. Right. Use them from the top. All right. Yeah. The top rope. From, the, from the top of the cage. <laughs> um so who is holding on to the potion of frost giant strength i think for that reason fence will yeah okay. that's a pretty sweet scenario i think so so go ahead and write that on your character sheet um the other potion is actually a little bit more mundane it's a potion of superior healing so excellent not bad. And is Fence holding on to that one, or are you distributing that one? Theraval is the one, the only one who doesn't have a way to heal himself in combat. And the lowest number of hit points. Uh-huh. Am I the weakest member? Did Mouse outroll me? Is she? No, I'm not. Just generally, yes. <laughs> no, you two are almost tied. 53 versus 52. It's meant to be what, what you know what am i saying i'll take yeah, that potion all right there, there's a, a theraval superior make sure yeah it's it not supreme here healing just superior healing um all of these the words are important for how many dice you get to roll with it so superior healing um, okay so that those are the four items that um that fence acquired from fogel there was, um, Kevin, I think you dropped it in the chat. You were asking about something? Scroll? Uh, I have a scroll. <laughs> Maybe. Yes. From I gave it to you because I can't really read all that good from that. But I got <laughs> it from that box of raw that I put money in. And then... Right. So, I don't know. I had my real weird raw thing going. 
-hmm. Yeah, okay. And that was in room number seven, which you all, doesn't mean anything to you, but means something to me. And where is it? And it I put it in my belt, not in my bag of holding. Yeah, and and you made a donation. You remember? It was, it was over. It was a hundred gold, I think, if not a little more. All right. Um, so it is a, a scroll of flaming sphere. Cool. I think my mouse is the only one who can read that. You what? Yeah, I think it might be. I think it is a wizard spell. Mm -hmm. And um, since I'm playing wizards where you've got to find the spell for your spell book and you all have yet to come across a library or that her adding a spell would be really useful. So she'll, she will take the scroll, but also study it and add flaming sphere. Um, DJ, are you looking, do you see the level of the spell? Oh, she actually already has Flaming Sphere, but she will keep the scroll because then she can cast it another time. And that is, that's a second level spell. Um, is it weird? I have it written down as a third level spell. Oh no, I have it written down as a second level spell. I'm lying. Yeah, it is a second level. There you go. You can give okay. it to me and then we can both cast Flaming Sphere at the same time and say great balls of fire. Can you... <laughs> Goodness. Can you, can you, uh, can you read you... Wizard? Actually, um, Kevin, can Theraval read wizard spells? I think he can. I guess I'd presume so, Arcane Trickster. I, I don't know what I'm looking for. Well, you you do. Don't you have spell slots? I do. I have spell slots. And those are wizard spells, aren't they? Yeah, enchantment and illusion. And yeah. yeah, so either you or Mousefield Mouse could read that. It's not that sufficient. Like if it was a third or higher level wizard spell, I would say Theraval it would be we'd have to do some rolling to figure out if you could read it but second level or lower you could cast it from the scroll as well yeah i mean it's if it's meant to be you know that's all i'm telling you know mouse at this point oh my same, god same spells <laughs> um this is gonna turn into a Luke and Leia situation. She's my sister. <laughs> um, yeah, either, uh, Kevin, if you want to write it down, uh, Mousefield Mouse is not. I mean, she's got it in her spell book. It's not a new spell. It is not not something that she necessarily needs to to hold on to. Um, other items that you all have questions about, I think for sure. The Blade of the Sun Lord is something that you have a question about. And I will 
Is it easier if I upload a PDF that describes the Blade of the Sun Lord to chat or should I send that as an email? That's the easiest way to do that. It's equally as easy either way. Whatever is easier for you, I think. But yeah, many questions about that sword. So it's great that we have a full description coming our way. Yeah, you know what? I will let me send that out. So Kaltik, Lord of Sun, started this cult and buried this secret weapon. Or <laughs> to uh because it was what causing eternal summer and then burning yeah. out the house. So Crenshaw will just info dump everything we learned last session. It'll be like eternal summer, not great for crops actually to not have a winter, it turns out. So uh, we think that if we use the sword to open the altar, we can put the shard of the sun back in the altar. And then if we take the sword, no one else will be able to take the shard of the sun. And we'll, Claren will have the sword and will be responsible for overseeing the shard of the sun, which is a pretty big responsibility locally. So that would definitely put you in a. Oh, yeah, looking at this thing. This yeah, you become the Mr. Frodo of our fellowship. Yeah, I can read some out of the Blade of the Sun Lord um, just so podcast people know what's going on with it. Um, it is not a long sword. It is a great sword. I, I changed that. Um, but... Yeah, I think a lot of this, so uh, it's lined with sun runes, radiate when a detect magic spell is cast on them. Thank you, Crenshaw. Hilt is made from black stone, which seems to absorb sunlight during the day, becomes warm to the touch at the night when the blade is glowing. Um, and it is a great sword, but treated as a long sword in terms of weight and size. So it's, it's really nimble for you to, use Claren, um, and it's already starting to bond with you. So it would be a, um, would be attuned to you over time. And I'm gonna also say just probably like as time goes on, each of these bullet points about the different command words, basically as a day passes, we'll say that Claren learns those particular things, you know, to say about the sword. So after five days of holding this, you'll know all these different abilities from it. Um, and in many ways, the, the lore about it at the bottom fits pretty closely with our world. Um, so the Blade of the Sun Lord was forged about 350 years ago. Um, by the Sun Lord um, Patik, who is now an avatar of, um, of Ra. 
um, Katik ruled over the ancestor people, which is like the people who lived in the area where Claring grew up in Iskdan, um, you know, warming throughout his time of for worshiping the sun, increased regional temperature, encouraged growth of plant life and animal life, but and so they prospered, but then also as um, Crenshaw pointed out, eternal summer is not great for plants. And so containing it underground here, like muted the, the problems with it. And indeed, Crenshaw, your description of laying it on top of the altar, it does open up and there is the place if you wanna dump the shard of the sun or the suit containing the shard of the sun into the altar that would reseal it there. Wow. Okay. Uh, Crenshaw thinks we should do that because this thing is really dangerous and and also Scarlet wanted it. And so yes. making it harder for her to get. Yeah, this should not be in the hands of mortals. This is an instrument of the gods. Uh, and as such should be replaced. What's yeah. The sun shard? It's very You're dangerous. On people. Like this is this is the weapon she wanted. But building it against her seems unwise. It's like justice to wait, me. Wait, wait. Did you mean the shard or the sword? Because the oh, sword, sword, definitely, yes. Oh, sword, yeah. The shard should oh, yeah. be replaced or should be buried. Yes. I think so too. I mean, we all yeah. saw Raiders of the Lost Ark. I think that, that thing should be uh, stuck in the altar and left there. And if yeah. Claren walks away with a sword, then she will be, when she returns, to become mayor of this village. After her adventuring days are over, she can ensure good crops every year with the sword. Pretty sweet arc. Yeah, there, there is nothing I'd rather do more than restore peace and prosperity. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Uh, this is also when Crenshaw lets, like, lets Claren know what happened with the bag of holding and all of his <laughs> lost notes. And if Mouse has a mending, I think she has cast that before. Yes, she will she will mend the bag of holding. So the threads, the places that were destroyed by the radiant energy inside are are now repaired. Um, I will, as DM here, just advance the plot of this Claren having the sword and the sword like shield um, sealing the shard of the sun in the altar. If Scarlet finds out and like you guys get out of this dungeon and she wants to retrieve it. You've sort of set up a nice forced encounter where maybe she has to track you down in order to get the sword to get the stone that she really, really wants. Maybe, in which yeah. case, great because she must be dethroned and justice must be restored. What weapon yeah, do you yeah, think? Yeah, yeah. 
What's that? What, what kind of a weapon do you think she's trying to power with this thing? Mm. <laughs> That's quite a question. <laughs> Carl sips. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of things she could do with it, right? If she's trying to control the elements in the environment or she's trying to destroy something in particular. Hard to, we don't have enough information yet. Where, what about the... Where did the frost giant fingernail come from, too? Probably a frost giant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somewhere, somewhere to the north. Remember, north of Nordhus is the, the sea of moving ice. I mean, if we look back at the campaign map, there is. Remember, someone promised to go to the sea of moving ice. <laughs> a certain character long ago with the familiar. Yeah, but Fitz Fit hasn't called me in a little while. It's <laughs> been fun for me lately. Maybe you've turned him into to multiple smoke methods. Uh, let me read you a little of, um, in the campaign notes, um, there's notes about Iskdan as a small kingdom. And I've sort of updated it to reflect some of what we've played through here in character histories. But it's, uh, oh, I, guys, do you have the microphone or sound on on both the computers there? Nope. Nope. So, huh. Kevin's weird computer is muted, I see. Yeah. Oh, now Janae is muted too. I don't know. There was sorry, a little bit of feedback. Are is the are the speakers on on both of them? No. No. Yeah, those weird weird zoomish things. Um, sorry. Let me read Isk the little bit of the history of Iskdan for you, um, just because I think it might be relevant as we're thinking like what comes next. Iskdan is a small kingdom along the western edge of the Mare Sea. Its inhabitants are mostly human, although members of almost all races can be found in the cosmopolitan city of Don. The Duke of Iskdan, Ferdinand Stans, was a competent orderly ruler, i.e. lawful neutral. While he was not greatly loved by all his subjects, he was not hated either. But after a series of family intrigues, he was recently replaced by his niece, the Duchess Scarlet Antwerp. Trade is brisk with the lake cities as well as along the rural southern coast of the Mare Sea, where remote human farms are often interspersed with wild stretches where tribes of dragonborn, kobolds, goblins, lizard folk, and human barbarians roam across a landscape that has both desert scapes as well as swampland. Less established trading routes connect Don with Ward and Dura, as well as with the remote civilizations south of the breaks. So you know, that's sort of what we have as general history. And then there's also, maybe it's worth doing a screen share and just reminding us where we are on the overall map. Let's do that really quick. So you all, the, the Crypt of the Sun Lord is right here. You can see the cursor next to the sort of the hill that's just west of this big lake. I mean, the kingdom of Iskdan is over here to the east, right on the Mercy. Um, Claren, I think actually when you left Don, 
you went and lived here in the hill country, sort of north of where you all are now, and then you're here, and then Ward is over here, here to your west. Yes, that's accurate. So I don't know if any of that is, but you know, as we're just thinking larger plot points, what happens with characters next, figuring you escape from here, leaving the Shard of the Sun, buried and contained in the, the altar of Ra, that's at least where we are campaign-wise. And I'm happy to come back to this map if we, but I think like spatially recognizing where you are in the realms at the moment, and what might be forthcoming as well as knowing a little about the history of Iskdan at the moment feels appropriate or you know worth worth thinking through worth reminding us so i um so where i'm really cannot i cannot really go back to um the Istan region without having yet defeated Scarlet. That's a kind of humiliation. Um, like I vowed not to return until she is defeated. So um, that's a concern, but I still have, I, I don't the goal of trying to take her down. So I wonder if there's more clues or information we could be gathering by going in that direction to try and get some intel about what we might need to effectively defeat her the next time we draw her in as bait. Yeah, well, and she's become the Duchess of Iskdan now. Like she's, when, when she's not out with her minions trying to get a super destructive legendary magic item, um, she's living in the palace in Dawn. So, both clues maybe that you could find in the dungeon here, but also clues that you might find if you journey towards Don. Um, I mean, probably riding down the center street, you know, blade of the Sun Lord out in, in your hand is probably not the way to confront her because you'd probably have to kill a lot of citizens that you wouldn't want to kill, but there might be, some sort of serotypous investigation. I, I mean, I, you all can tell me what makes sense. I mean, you could decide to just go back to Ward, but I do think there is this revenge plot. And while you didn't defeat her here, you, you know, after either a short break or not a short break, you could, that could be the next, Adventure. You like stealthy palace heist. What if we talk to the skull people and see if they could play the game through again to see if they could uh, recall how summon her, summon her back? Yeah, or just tell us what I don't. I don't think the game is that powerful. I think it's more of a. It's not determining what happens. It's more like what. It's like scrying. Right. It's like the news media. And What's going on in uh, the, the Sun Lord's uh, crypt? Uh, here are local uh, 
newscasters and commentators with which up to the moment updates. Which if it was, it. if it was scrying, and if it was up to the moment and the dungeon, couldn't we ask them for a replay? You know, or like what? Well, yes, I think we probably could. I was going to say that I. That means they're playing a game of chess where they have no control over the moves. That's actually kind of sad. If you think that about it. That is sad. A lot of versions of the afterlife are, are rather sad. So here are a few uh, questions to ask. One, um, have we left the crypt yet? Two, do we want to find this drow elf and do we think that he's uh, a source of additional information? Um, three, do we feel confident that we have um, uh, uncovered everything in the crypt that there is to uncover? Uh, There's at least four, two rooms left. Right. Um, and I, I wonder too about uh, additional secret doors. <clears throat> For instance, that hallway with the suits, um, I don't know if we've searched it uh, thoroughly to make sure that there's no uh, back door out of that corridor. It seems a little odd that a corridor would would end after 60 feet or what have you. Um, Let's go look. I think we should. Uh, Let's but that I out. do like. I do like the idea of um, gathering information about Scarlet Antwerp. I don't know if you all remember this in the, the write-up of the sword, uh, but uh, if the owner of the blade commits a single evil act, however, the blade will leave in search of a more suitable um, candidate. And so uh, it seems to me that uh, Claren has additional responsibilities um uh that she didn't have before responsibilities slash limitations uh as she wields the sword and so we should keep that in mind as well in other words i don't think we can go like um murder hoboing through the city on our way right up to the palace to uh to kill scarlet antwerp when you say we i hear clara <laughs> <laughs> We never really did. We were really pretty terrible murder hobos. I, I uh, can't, always can't help but be a goody two-shoes at the end of the day. Um, I do come from the righteous legal line after all. So there's that. Um, yeah, but I appreciate that, that kind of flag. I'm happy to kind of explore the crypt a little bit more. Um, I do like the idea, even though I again, I'm uncomfortable with the notion of going to Dawn, I could get behind a sneaky heist um, if we kind of infiltrated quietly. And that may be the way, the, the direction to move in once we've done our exploration of the crypt and aim to get more information. Plus, okay. I just... Yeah, so I'm seeing um, like, a couple of possibilities just right now on the map. There's the tunnel, the question of, is there anything behind where the suits are? There are spots really clearly on the map um, in terms of 
the two rooms that you have not yet been into, um, one directly north of where you are here, although you have to get around to it differently, and then the door off the Ash Beast room. And then the fourth possibility is a conversation with the, with the crypt things. So I, I don't think we really, I mean, I, we can just move quickly around the map to any one of those. Do you want to look for the secret door first, go to room one, go to room two, talk with the crypt things. Out of those four things, what's the, what's the thing that you do mid-morning after your breakfast and planning? I think one thing we might want to do is check to see if there's evidence that Fogel has left as the fourth set of footprints. Uh, because that is, I think, the only time-sensitive limitation on the actions that we take. Okay, so if you all head up, and I'm just going to um, select you all as a party here, move the tokens to the north, move them further to the north. Oh, I've slid them off. I was going to say, I think it makes more sense to check for the secret doors while we're here. Okay. okay. Put the, the shard back and then leave because at that point it doesn't matter what Vogel does except try to stab us invisibly and that didn't go well for him a level ago. Right. Okay, so you all want to do looking for the secret door mid-morning. Um, can all of you give me, and I will have Mouse do the role also, a perception role um, in that hallway? So Fence got a, a natural 20. Wow. I got an 11. Got a nine. All right. Well, Fence, I have put you at the head of the party. And I am doing that because you discover a secret door in the eastern wall there and it allows you to open into another room and i'm going to read you that room's description here in just a second um uh, nope oh much further down all right let me see if i can find it oh even further down Even further down, all right. Um, nope, even further down. All right, I can do this. Um, all right, um, so there is another altar. There are six mirrors in this room um, that are all facing in towards the altar. Um, 
it is sort of strange as you enter this room and there's only sort of, I'm assuming you put the shard of the sun in the other, in the other altar already. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So as you're entering this room, the only light that is flickering off of these mirrors is, is from your, your torches, but it's weird. There are ways in which, um, when the arch light like flickers in the mirrors, it's like it plays and it, it's almost like there's a shimmering of other light beyond. And it's like the torch light shimmers into that and then disappears. Think about um, the way that like a lake is catching the reflection of the sun in the evening and it's like shining. And sometimes like if you throw a rock in, like it ripples away, it does that. But instead of being only across the surface of the mirrors, it's into the mirrors themselves. That's like what's happening when it captures little bits of um, light from your torches. If I examine the table. Okay. Crenshaw senses a mystery and just immediately walks up to the table. Yeah, absolutely. Go, go up to the table. Um, okay. It's an altar. And actually what's surprising is it resembles the, um, the altar in the other room that had the indentation of the sword, like the material of it, except it has a indentation that is the same size as the sliver of the sun. So instead of the sword indentation being on it, it has an indentation of the sliver of the sun. I mean, that's too cool not to experiment. Yeah, we think we should go get the sliver, bring it here and see what happens. That's okay. what we think. Yeah, fair enough. So let's. I recommend whoever does this wear one of those suits. Absolutely. Crenshaw is already putting the pants on. <laughs> he's running down the hall. He's got half the suit on. It's his pants. He's sticking an arm in. Um, yeah. Um, there is a mystery. Okay, so That's I'm a jinky. for all of us, so we could all yeah, suit up accordingly. Well, um, now you only have two suits left because there were six. There are six hooks. Four suits were worn by your enemy. There are two. Well, there's actually one left because the other one was wrapped around the sliver of the sun. There's but also a uh, probably a slashed up suit that was worn by the enemy that we defeated and disarmed. We could mend. I don't know if that's, and we could mend that. Still enough for all of us, insofar as not to choose people to be present for this experiment, and then some to kind of hide. I'm going to lean over to Mouse and say, like, I don't think you need to wear that to look good. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> all right. So everyone who is not in a suit should go outside of the temple and not be in the same room as this. And Already on it. We're already pulling mouse halfway. 
All right, all right. If Crenshaw yeah, has to do this, be happy alone. to put a uh, amended suit on and be uh, present for this experiment. You're sticking around with me and Mouse. No, I'm going to suit on. I don't you know the sun sword. Or... Yeah, no, I'm getting the, far away from this makeout session. Can the third one that had the sunstone inside it be mended as well? Can that be repaired? Yeah, and it was actually, that one was not so much destroyed. The material, it's not, I mean, it's puffy padded, sort of a plant material, um, inside or outside seems to be the same. So I'm getting, you're going back, Mouse is mending the suits. It takes a little while because you have mending, 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 um, as she's working through things. And you now have three, suits um you know protective suits and i'm assuming mouse and theraval are going like at least beyond the other double doors when claren puts the the sword on then you take it out and you're going to carry it in the hands for one of the characters um i'm assuming crenshaw carrying the the shard placing it on the table are on the altar in the room in the shape of where the shard goes. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. I think so. And that's Fence and, and um, Crenshaw are in that room. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So when you bring when you bring the sun shard in, um, I'm going to read the description of the sun shard. I know you've seen this before, but you've been transferring it between, you know, bags of holding and running around with it. Um, Crenshaw, this is the first time that you're actually like able to look at it because you've got the protective goggles on. Um, so this shard appears to be a natural crystal, is about a foot in length and glows with a blinding light. The radiant heat emanating off the sliver causes the effects listed on table 17, which you've experienced, you know, uh, blood boiling, um, exhaustion, hit point damage, all those wonderful things of radiation. Um, and the effect, let's see, yeah, effects of the climate. Um, Dot, 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 dot. Lots of lore stuff. I'll share some of, actually, I might as well share some of that with you. Um, the effects of the climate surround. So this says there are multiple ones of these. I think in our world, there may only be one. The effects of the climate surrounding a shard exposed to the elements are impacted by an immediate increase in the temperature to 10 degrees Celsius, of 10 degrees Celsius, shifting weather patterns and changing seasons. In a colder climate, this means crops are more plentiful and summers last longer. In a hot climate, this could mean drought or famines. Prolonged exposures of the shard to the environment could cause a collapse of the natural ecosystem and thus must be handled with care. This is also why the priest in this temple kept it contained underground. The radiant energy in the shard could be focused and used as a weapon, but thus far, no one has attempted this. Hmm, I wonder who might be thinking about that. Hmm. Uh, when you bring it into the room, though, this is pretty cool and amazing. Like if the um, the torchlight sent like little ripples into these 
magical mirrors. This one, like it is beaming almost like daylight, radiant energy is like radiating off of this thing. When you set it in the, the indention on the altar, the light is like perfectly balanced heading out to these six mirrors. They are like portals to a plane of light. Like they are evenly balanced, they are glowing. But instead of the thing, like when you were just carrying it, it's like radiating and damaging people. You feel like you've set it down and like you still wouldn't want to be in this room without the radiant suit on, but it's not like, you know, like pulses of light just sort of randomly emanating. It's like each of the mirrors is drawing just a certain amount of the light and every and energy from it and everything is being contained in like this perfect balance between these six mirrors and this shard. And um, Crenshaw, give me an arcana check here. just a 12. That's Wait a 12. second. I am gonna, we are gonna spend a sorcery point to re-roll that because that feels, are you kidding? I got exactly a 12 again. Uh, so um, hold on, Fence is going to uh, cast a silvery barbs and give you a, a third chance. Let's go, 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 because I want this. I want to tell you about these mirrors, guys. That's an 11. What about I? Yeah, I don't think I have anything that can help. Do you know anything about, do you want to do an arcana check there, Clarence? Give me a little an arcana check. Let's see what you got. Yeah, no, I'm doing so. Let's see. Uh, You're holding the blade of the sword. 15. 15, that's better. Fence, give me a roll. I, I'm happy to go with the 15, but I might have to read like every sixth word or something. All right, <laughs> let's see here. Uh, a 14 plus uh, one, a 15. All right, you, you and um, so I have to say, I think. Oh wait, wait, hold on. Um, I can offer um, uh, a second person an advantage on um, with my silvery barb. So oh, I'm oh, gonna, give it, um, offer that to Claren. Yeah, no. absolutely. We, we've got the 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 master of the Sunlord blade. This feels appropriate. Big All right, roll. so I'll roll again. And fifteen is good. I can give you some. That's my better role. It was a 10. Uh, all right. Um, there are six magic mirrors in this, which are actually one-way gates designed to absorb energy pouring off of the redirect to the elemental plane of quasi-radiance. Mirrors are permanently bound to this place. Um, don't tamper with them. Uh, oh, ooh, no, you don't know that with the 15. Uh, 
Frames of each mirror act to pull all radiant energy directly towards them while the mirror's surface is constantly act an active gate itself. Um, ooh, ooh. Um, stepping into the mirrors will... All right, that's it. That's all you get from a 15. But you could step into the mirrors. I recommend not. Can we throw something into the mirror just to, to do a test run, like a rock? You're gonna throw, throw a it hard at a, at a mirror that's perfectly that's, balanced. That's not. Holding, um, yeah. Not. Do that. Right, I guess Theraval's chaos. If it was Theraval, I would just say you threw the rock already. Um, but it's Claren, I, I, you know, she has a little restraint. Yes, in this case, it's very tempting, but I did do this sword is giving me a little messaging of like, be good. But it did seem like maybe a fun idea. Too much time with there while it is rubbing off on me. I'm helping by not being there. That is true, actually. <laughs> All right. Um, so, um, Crenshaw or DJ, does this satisfy some of Crenshaw's curiosity? It does. It does. Yeah. It didn't open and you know up what? anything. You might be able to get Mouse Field Mouse or even yourself to read a little bit somewhere in the library and discover more information about mm -hmm. these mirrors and where they're a gate to. I don't think you want to start throwing rocks at them. There could be a stepping through them, but yeah, might want to, you know, do a little more research first. This is something we could ask the skeleton chess players about. Perhaps. Yeah, that, that sounds like a terrific idea. Let's put the mirrors back and then uh, check for Vogel, Fogel, check for Fogel, and then um, talk to the chess players, maybe. Okay. So, what we are going to do, you go look, there are no additional steps through the mock, and we are going to bring you to the two crypt things. And we will start next time with questioning the crypt things about these mirrors, about the, the, the why the temple was below the crypt. Although I think you've sort of figured that out already, like why, why the priest a couple of hundred years ago came down here, buried it, left the... And my, I guess you understand that the shard can be stored in one of two places, either in the altar under where the sword is, where it's completely concealed, or it can be left on the altar where the mirrors are, are holding it and holding the, um, the energy for mm -hmm. it in balance. And I'm thinking we're about done. Okay, because everybody is jumping for cupcakes right now. I know, now. we have birthday number two. So AJ and I um, have wow. birthday exactly two weeks apart. So we're going to go for birthday number two. We can't title this episode birthday number two, but um, I do have to go have- 18. I know, the boy's 18. Yay! He has Ooh. achieved his majority. Done. My work here is done. Three down, one to go. There you go. <laughs> um, I think we I put it in the altar, by the okay. way. We put it back in the altar. Makes That's the sense. best place for it. So I am being summoned to birthday cake. I will okay. leave your tokens. Um, 
Oh, I moved mine already. Oh, excellent. I was trying to move everybody else. I, I've got this. Are you guys trying out the new version of um, the opera, not the operating system, the menu bars in Roll20? It's pretty nifty. Did you guys I saw, get I saw the announcement about it, but I haven't had a chance to play with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little more self-explanatory than it used to be. So that's good. Although I don't know that it could be less self-explanatory. The old system was not always user-friendly. All right, there you all are. We will start with a conversation with the, with the crypt things next time. It'll probably take us a little bit to talk with the crypt things, explore the other two rooms, figure out how the hell you all get out of here. But I'm sort of thinking it sounds like you're heading towards Don and trying to figure out like what's happening. So it'll give us another city adventure to go towards, which is all useful for me to know as, as a DM. It doesn't sound like you're returning to Ward at this point or anything like that, so. Yeah. Not yet. That, that sounds good. And I think at some point, like Avengers approaching Thanos, we should come up with a, a coordinated plan for when we encounter our most deadly foes next time. That's an excellent idea. Yes. Yeah, I think there's gonna be some information gathering and figuring out what Scarlet's been up to, weaknesses. Yeah, so there's, there is some good things lying ahead. All right, listen, thank you for playing. I am off to birthday cake. Enjoy your cup. Thank you, Carl. Good Bye, to everybody. see you all. See you in two weeks. All right. Well, so um, we have definitely reached a, a concluding part of this arc of Claren and Fence and Theraval and Mouse Field Mouse and, of course, Crenshaw Jones's stories. There's maybe a little bit of few more rooms to explore here in the Crypt of the Sunlord and the question of how to get out. But we also see the potential of going to Don for a while and figuring out how Scarlet has become a duchess there. So Claren has some <clears throat> revenge happening. But in the world of podcasting, we will um, take a little bit of a pause and Next week, we will launch season three for you. Um, a little bit of Monster of the Week, what we will call Nikto 2123. So we'll start with some character creation. And I will tell you that it is set in 2123. We'll start in Oakland eventually when we start playing, but we have a couple of sessions of character creation and world building with Monster of the Week coming up. And then we have the beginning of the first mystery. And that, of course, is with the players or some a subset of the players, um, Hannah and John and Clara 
Um, and Lillian from Return of Dragons, and Evan also makes a, a bit of appearance in the beginning few episodes. So, um, yeah, listen next week to season three, episode one of Nikto Twenty One Twenty Three. Thank you for listening to House Rules Gaming's. Hope hope you have enjoyed this arc of Regit Coast, and we will certainly get back to this group as they head to Don. But, um, you know, give us, give us a couple of months or so, or a couple of episodes of Nikto 2123, and then we will return to the group from Regit Coast. But um, so long, and thank you for listening to this story arc.